today on the Athlete One podcast. Probably the coolest thing about that was he had pitched in a playoff, our first round playoff game his senior year. He pitched, he, he was a starting pitcher, and we wound up taking him out in the fifth inning. Uh, and then after the game, Theo Epstein was there uh, scouting him when he was with the Red Sox. Um, and he came up to me after the game and said, Coach, I'm, I'm Theo Epstein, and uh, I just want to let you know that you, you've you made this – you've helped this kid make a lot of money. Um, he's he's a much different pitcher uh, than he was when I saw him in Long Beach last year. Welcome to the Athlete One Podcast. Veteran high school baseball coach Ken Carpenter takes you into life's classroom as experienced through sports. Go behind the scenes with athletes and coaches as they share great stories, life lessons, and ways to impact others. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Athlete One Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Carpenter, and today I'm going to go deep into the heart of Texas. As a matter of fact, Burleson, Texas, as I sit down with Centennial Spartans head baseball coach, Art Sonato. Coaches, baseball will be here before you know it. And why not make your life a little easier when it comes to making your field and facilities look their best? Now's the time to reach out to the best in the business, the netting professionals. The netting professionals specialize in design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for baseball and softball including backstops, batting cages, BP turtles, BP screens, ball carts, and more. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, and dugout cubbies. The netting pros also work with football, soccer, lacrosse, and golf courses. The netting pros continue to provide quality products and services to many recreational high school, college, and professional fields and facilities throughout the country. You can contact them today at 844-620-2707. That's 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. You can visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. The Netting Professionals, improving programs one facility at a time. Now to the interview with head baseball coach Art Sonato. Art Sonato, head coach at Centennial High School in Texas. Coach, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks for having me, Ken. Coach, if you could start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and and what got you into coaching high school baseball? Well, um, I've been a high school head coach uh, in Texas. This will be my 26th year. Um, what got me started coaching, I was I was in school. I was playing ball in school, and uh, I was hurt one summer, wasn't going to play any summer ball. And the state had just changed the rules where the high school coaches weren't allowed to coach their own players anymore during the summer. So my high school coach had gotten one of the dads to coach and uh, coach the kids during the summer. And I was just, I was just going to help them out coach first base and just, you know, just help them out a little bit. 
because uh, I I knew what our coach would want the kids to to be doing. And about halfway during the summer, um, I don't even remember what happened. I, I became the head coach of the team, and uh, we had a pretty good rest of summer. And then I did it the following summer, and only lost like one game. And uh, my high school coach told me, he said, you know, you ought to think about doing this for a living. You know, you, you, I think you're pretty good at it. And I wanted to be uh, – my original major was uh, journalism. I wanted to be a broadcaster. I wanted to either do play-by-play or – or uh, or be the analyst, um, but okay. that's what I wanted to do. And then those two summers of coaching cha- probably changed everything for me. You tweeted about the sending a, a message out to the freshman parents and players, welcome them to high school baseball. And since your season's uh, just getting underway as far as practices, you explained that uh, what a freshman's up against joining the high school team. Can you explain that tweet and and how does it help them to understand high school baseball isn't travel baseball? Well, it, it's it's two totally different games, and, and I've coached travel baseball during the summer. Um, it's it, it's just two totally different games. It's two totally different mindsets. You know, they're used to playing at the youth level with really small rosters. Um, I did that one fall. Um, I, ne- I'm, I don't have to coach football anymore. I'm just a one sport guy. And uh, I was coaching a friend's uh, 11U team. And, you know, there's 11 kids on the roster and everyone's playing. And I mean, one kid's not playing and that kid and, you know, their parent lose their mind. They're not because they're not playing one game. Um, and high school's different. I mean, right now I'm carrying, I'm going to carry 23 on my varsity roster. Um, until we get into our, our district play. Um, and my sub varsity teams have like seven, you know, one thing, one's got 17 and one's got 19. So it, it's bigger roster sizes. So, you know, playing time is, um, is not guaranteed. And that's not something they're used to. Um, you know, so it, it's, you know, we're working on bunting and half the kids don't know how to bunt. And I'll ask them. So, have you ever been asked to bunt? And they're like, "No, coach." I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, we're gonna we're we're gonna bunt when we have to." Um, I'm not a big small ball guy. I don't believe in giving the other team outs, but um, but there, there's going to come a time when we're going to face a pitcher that's uh, going to be, you know, he's going to be dominating and he's going to be dealing it against us, and and the game's going to ask us to do that, and we need to be able to do it. Um, you know, it, it's you know my my summer team. I don't I don't ask them to bunt. You know, I want them to I want them to showcase themselves and um, and swing the bat and get better. Um, but uh, yeah, it's because it, they don't it, they don't know what they're what they're coming into. If they you know the parents, if they've never had a, a kid in high school before, then it's all new to them. So. You know, I I try to try to educate my freshman parents as best I can. How tough is it to tell a player that they don't make the team at the high school level, and and how serious as a coach, since you've been doing it for quite some time now, how serious do you take that making that decision on who makes the roster and who doesn't? You know, it doesn't it doesn't get any easier. It hasn't gotten any easier. Um, and this is year twenty six. It's still hard. Uh, after we got finished, um, 
with our last workout last night, uh, myself and my three assistant coaches, we were in the office and we had our, our big dry erase board with all the names on it. And, you know, we were, you know, we, we had a lot of decisions made, but we were still, uh, it still took us an hour and a half to, to finally decide on, you know, the last handful of kids. And, and, and after we made our decision, then we just went back and tried to go through all the kids that we weren't going to keep and try to go back through each kid, you know, is there anything about this kid? Is there anything he could do to, to help our program? Um, is there anything we can do to help him, you know, make him better? You know, how, you know, have we, have we failed him? What, what, you know, I, I just, you know, it, it's such a hard deal. And, um, you know, I, I also understand that, you know, as, as a parent, they've invested a lot of money in playing, uh, travel baseball and, you know, they, you know, parents, parents expect some type of return. I, I really believe they do, whether it's in, in the youth level to make their high school team or at the high school level to get a college scholarship. I think, I think they want to return on their investment when they get to high school and don't make the team for some of them. It's a, it's a, it's just a really big wake up call. They're just, it's really unexpected. Um, so yeah, it's it, it it's tough. It it it's it had gotten any easier. That's for sure. Can you share your story about Kyle Crick? I and how you took over a program and what you said to him gave him the confidence to basically. It seemed like it really got his baseball career going in the right direction. And he said it was all basically because you just said Do you believe in him. Yeah, he uh, so um, he's from Sherman, Texas, and I was hired to be the head coach there for his senior year. and And I heard a little bit about him, but um, but not a lot. And and I'm going through the through the stats from the year before, and he'd only thrown 20 innings. Um, and I'm like, wow, they got a kid like this, and he only threw him 20 innings and didn't pitch in any district games and. And now they had a couple other kids that were really good, um, really good pitchers. So he was kind of like the number three pitcher as a junior. And uh, I talked to some friends of mine that were scouts and kind of gotten, you know, their impression on him, uh, what he needed to work on. Um, And then when I met him the first time, you know, I told him, I said, Hey, look, you're, you're, you're a MLB prospect. Um, top five round guy. He, he had made the area code team. He went and played in the area code games that, that summer. And I told him, I said, I'm giving you the ball and, um, you know, you're going to get the ball once a week. When we get to district play, you're going to get it every weekend in tournaments. And, you know, there's some things that, that you need to clean up. And if, and if you let me and, and my assistant coach coach you up, you know, we'll, I, I'm pretty confident we can make you better. Um, how much better? I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but I think we can definitely make you better. And, and he did, he trusted us and he went from, I think baseball America had him as a third through fifth round pick. That's what they were projecting him. And he ended up being the 49th pick in the draft. He was a sandwich, a compensation pick between first and second round. He signed for 900,000. Being coachable, I guess, is the, is the key word there. I would. Yeah, he, he was. And, 
and and his reaction was, "What well, you know, you don't even know me." And I said, "Well, but I'm going to get to know you, and and if you'll let me coach you, I'll coach you, um, and and hopefully get you where you want to be." Uh, probably the coolest thing about that was he had pitched in a playoff, our first round playoff game his senior year. He pitched. He he was a starting pitcher, and we wound up taking him out in the fifth inning. Uh, and then after the game, Theo Epstein was there uh, scouting him when he was with the Red Sox. Um, and he came up to me after the game and said, Coach, I'm, I'm Theo Epstein, and uh, I just want to let you know that you, you've made this – you've helped this kid make a lot of money. Um, he's, he's a much different pitcher uh, than he was when I saw him in Long Beach last year. And I was like, wow, you know, thank you. I, you know, I, I knew exactly who he was. He didn't really have to introduce himself, but yeah. – um, uh, but yeah, he, uh, and then, you know, and I told Kyle after he signed, I said, I'll be there for your big league debut. And he's like, okay, coach. And I don't really think he believed me. And I was sitting in a teacher training one day in June and I get a, a text from the scout that drafted him and said, Kyle got the call. He's, they, they're flying him to Atlanta. Can you get out here? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll figure out a way I'll get out there. So I, I flew out there and. He didn't pitch the night I was there. He pitched the next night, but I got to see him and got to go down to the clubhouse after after the game and, and visit with him and talk to him. And, and you know, he looked at me and said, he goes, Coach, you you told me you'd be here for my major league debut. And, you know, I didn't believe you, but, you know, thank you. Thank you for coming. And I was there with his parents. It was, it was just a, a really cool moment. Yes, that's – wow, you can't – you can't beat moments like that. And, no. you know, I – you know, you, you do so many things as a coach that reaches out to all the different players on the team, whether they go off to be a major league player or just someone who goes off to uh, work a job or even go off to college. And that's got to really be satisfying when you have that happen and you get to be a part of something special like that. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, when Theo Epstein said to me, you know, you you help you know, you, you've made this kid a lot of money. And, you know, I said, thank you. And what I really wanted to say to him was, no, I really didn't. He did it. He put the work in, you know, we basically made a couple of suggestions, him and my, or myself and my assistant coach, we made a couple of suggestions to him from a mechanic standpoint, but he, he was able to make those adjustments. Um, and, and he put the work in, he did it. He did it all himself. I didn't throw a pitch. Um, you know, and it's not hard to call pitches, you know, or, or help help a catcher call a game when guys up there throwing 94, 96, you know, you just right. call the fastball. I mean, it's, <laughs> if you don't know what to call, just call the fastball. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he did it. I mean, he had it in him. Um, you know, just my job as a coach is to try to bring out the best in him, get him to bring out the best in himself. I mean, that's that's my job as a coach. There you go. Well, you've been around baseball a long time, and you've coached in the minor leagues for USA Baseball. And I, I hope I got this right. You currently have 468 career wins in high school in Texas. So what is the reality of recruiting, and how do you prepare your next-level players for the harsh reality of what becoming a starter at the college level is going to take? Oh, you know, the first thing I tell them is that, um, 
once they step on campus, everything they've done in high school doesn't mean anything anymore. They've got to they've got to reprove themselves, um, just like they were when they were a freshman in high school. Um, it's no different, and you know, college baseball is as competitive and as deep as it's ever been right now, um, because of COVID and kids getting extra years of eligibility and. And taking advantage of it. I mean, I know if I could have played college baseball until I was 24, I probably would have done it. I mean, there's <laughs> no no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Um, you know, uh, whenever they sign or they commit, you know, the first thing I tell them is congratulations. Now the hard work really begins because now you're going to a place where um, everybody's there because they want to be there. Um, they, you know, they're not there just to hang out with their friends. These are guys that are, I mean, you're, yeah, yeah, you're our three hole hitter, but everybody on your college team was their three hole hitter on their high school <laughs> team. Yep. So, you know, it's, you know, you need to be ready to compete every day. So I, I try to bring that into our practices as much as possible, getting them to compete with each other or really with themselves. Um, because that's what's going to happen in college. It, it's, if you don't like to compete, then college baseball is probably not for you. You like to practice at game speed. What are some examples of like your favorite drills that you do that relate to game speed type practicing? Well, like today we, um, we worked on, we worked on bunt defense. Um, and, and we worked on bunt offense at the same time. So I've got, a group of kids on the field. I've got like, let's say my, my starters on the field, my backups are bumming. So either we've got a pitcher throwing a pitch at maybe 50 or 75%, or we're going to get the machine up there and we're going to put some velo on it. And, you know, we're, we're doing everything's game speed. You know, we're button, we're button pitches with velo balls coming off the bat and, you know, everyone's going where they're supposed to be defensively. Uh, meanwhile, you know, offensively, we're working on drag button, uh, sack bunt, push bunt, squeeze. You know, one coach is calling the uh, the offensive plays, and one coach is calling the the, the bunt coverage, is calling the defense. And it's not just me standing up there like I did, you know, 10, 15 years ago with my fungo. You know, pitcher fakes like he throws the ball, and I just get it, and I bunt it, and, you know, they, they know it's coming. They know where I'm going to bunt the ball. And, you know, so we try to do that at, at game speed to try to simulate as much as possible. And and I told the kids today, you know, because it's my first year at Centennial, so they're, they're you know, they're still getting used to, to my way of doing things, um, is that I, I, I want to make practice challenging, and I want to make them uncomfortable. And and they're going to fail in practice because now practice is my time. Practice is my time to teach um, and to get them ready for games. And once we get to the games, I've just got to – I have to let them play. Um, I, I, I don't want to overcoach them during the games. Uh, that's – that's the game is their time. Practice is my time. Um, so that, that's one example of how we, we try to go at game speed is when we practice bunting. Bunt defense, bunt offense. Okay. Yes. And, and it's not something we spend a whole lot of time on because that situation doesn't come up in a game all that often. But 
we work on it. We work on it enough. Um, and it will depend on who we're playing, you know, during the season. If we know they like to bunt a lot, then we might work on it a little bit more that week. Um, but you know, it's not something that we do for an hour. We did it for 15 minutes today, but we went fast the whole time. The tempo was fast. And, and that's, we get a lot of reps at game speed and, you know, for the first, you know, for our first day of, of practicing, you know, outside, um, on the field, uh, now that we're in season, uh, I, I, it went really well. Well, I read an article where you were referred to as a fixer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you've, you've kind of taken over some programs that were struggling and you, you've turned them around. What are some of the top three? Give me like your top three areas you focus on when you take on the challenge of turning around a, a, pro, a program. Um, defense, uh, pitching, um, and base running. I think, I think those are the quickest ways. If you get really good at those three things, um, I, I, I think you can, you can overachieve, maximize your talent. And, um, you know, if it's a struggling program, you can turn it around I me mean, defense, especially, um, if you can tighten up your defense, um, and get your pitchers to, uh, you know, this is real cliche, throw strikes, really throw strikes with their off-speed pitches. That's the key. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's it. Like with our pitchers, our, our first inner squad on Saturday, I gave them their, I gave them their numbers and, um, at the top of the at the top of the stat page, it said CBST, CBBT, CHST, CHBT, and they'd never seen that before. Coach, what does that mean? I'm like, that's curveball strikes thrown, curveballs ball thrown, changeups strike thrown, changeups ball thrown. I said that's you know that's really important because if you're a guy that can't throw that off speed for strikes, you know if you're only throwing eighty eighty one, you know you're in trouble. Um, you know, if you're throwing 80-81, but you can command, you know, at least two other pitches, especially that changeup, then, you know, that 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 changes everything. You'll get high school hitters out because high school hitters, they get themselves out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, here, here in Ohio, we have, you know, I, I saw a an email that went out where they talked about trying to get people to umpire and trying to get people to encourage them to umpire. I don't know if it's the same in Texas, but my guess is it's probably national. What what it do you is. think we can do to to attract more younger officials and to, to keep them in the game? Um. Well, I mean, better pay for sure. Um, you know, if if they're if they're paid better, then I mean, you that that'd be a big that would be a big. To me, that'd be a big step is to increase their pay. Um, I know that's, you know, that's kind of tough for, for some school districts. Um, but I, I think that's number one, better pay. Um, number two, uh, better education for them, um, you know, so that they're, you know, if, if you, if we could pay them more, their, the umpire chapters can probably train them better. Um, and then, you know, I, understand that they're going to make mistakes. That's part of the game. Um, you know, they're, they're human. 
and I, I don't want a robot out there. I don't want a robot umpire. So, you know, I understand that, you know, we're not going to get every call. And, and I try to explain that to the kids that, you know, you can't worry about, you can't control what an umpire calls. You can't control strike zone. You know, you still as a hitter have to stay within your approach um, and swing it at your accepted strike zone with zero and one strike. And with two strikes, yeah, you've got to swing it whatever the umpire strike zone is that day uh, because, you know, he or she's a human being. Um, you know, I, I think we, we as coaches, as professionals, we, we, need, to, we need to treat them better um, and go out there and talk to them and ask them about a call and understand – you know, when I go out to talk to an umpire, I, I'm not expecting to get the call changed. When I was younger, I wanted to get the call changed, but I'm older and much wiser now. I just want to go out there and, and just, you know, what 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 did you see? Because here's what I saw. What did you? I, I just want an explanation, um, and, and I'll live with the call. Uh, that's fine. I just want an explanation, uh, and and you know, 95 percent of them are more than happy to to talk to you. But if you go running out there yelling at them, well, I mean, if you come out there yelling, yelling at me, I'm not going to want to talk to you. So, you know, it, it goes both ways. And I, I think we've got to treat them better. Um, you know, parents need to understand that. You know, the kids need to understand that. You know, kids aren't big leaguers. You know, you're high school kids. You're not in the big leagues. You you don't you don't get to talk to the umpire. That's that's one of the things that I, you know, that I tell my players. You, you don't get to talk to the umpire. That's not your job. That's my job. And I tell him, even even my assistant coach, coach in first base, it's not his job to talk to the umpires. It's my job. I'm the head coach. I'm the only one that talks to him. That makes sense. And that I think that's how the umpires would rather have it. And uh, Oh, you know, for I, sure. For sure. I, you know, you talked about how to, how to deal with umpires. And as a coach – you know, you're the you're the face of the program. How important is the communication when you whether it's talking to a, a parent and a player concerning playing time or even with the umpires and different things like that? How do how do you handle that? Well, uh, you know, in regards to the to the parent and the players, um, I think I think the key is just to to keep an open line of communication. Um I, I try to talk to our kids as much as possible, um, even you know, either in a in an informal setting, we're just kind of out on the field, or or walking in the hallways talking to them, or you know, usually once you know once or twice every semester, you know, try to have like a just a just a one on one meeting with them. Hey, here's where you're standing at right now on the depth chart. Here's what you need to work on. Um, you know, what are some ways I can help you? Uh, become a better player, become a better person, um, and just try to keep keep that that positive uh, line of communication open with the kids. Um, and, and in regards, you know, to the to the parents, um, you know, I'll, I'll I have no problem with a parent um, about their about their son, but the parent and the kid need to be in the meeting because it's about the kid after all. So I, I won't meet with a parent, you know, in, in secret, you know, coach, I, uh, I don't want my son to know I'm meeting with you. Um, you know, I, I just want to, I just want to meet with you, you know, just you and I, uh, I, I, I used to do that and that never ended well. Um, you know, it, it's about the kid. It's not about me and it's not about the parent. We had our chances to play 
It's about the kid. What can we do to make him successful? And if he's not starting, what does he need to do to improve, to to work while he's waiting for the next opportunity? That way, when he gets that opportunity, he can take advantage of it. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't mind meet, meet with parents at all. Um, but, but the kid's got to be involved because it, it's his career. It's his, it's his time. So he, he's got to be involved and, and I've got a parent meeting on Thursday night and that's, that's going to be a big part of it is, uh, to let them know, you know, he, here's how I do things in, in my program. Here's how we're going to do things now. And I'll talk to you. I mean, you make an appointment. And we'll get the kid in there and, and we'll meet. We'll figure out how to, how to, you know, give him a better chance at, at success. But when it comes to playing time, that's a coach's decision. Um, and, and it's a coaching staff's decision. We're the ones that practice every day. Um, you know, we're the ones that, that are part of that process. And, if, you know, if you're not part of the process, you don't get a say in it. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's probably – a pretty universal thing that mo- you know most if not all coaches believe in well if i could finish up with one last question um specifically about your program I, what what do you think going into this season you've been doing it a long time how do you think you guys are going to be this year um I, I think we've got a chance to be really good um we've got some we we definitely got some kids with some some really good ability um we i think we can I think we're going to be able to swing the bat one through nine. We don't have any any power arms. We've got a bunch of kids that you know that are that are going to sit between eighty and eighty six. Um, but like from our our first inner squad on Saturday, we threw more off speed pitches for strikes than probably my teams the last four or five years have. I went back to look at my old. Um, charts in the last couple of years from the school I was at before. And I, I thought we threw more off speed during the game, during the inter squads. I was sitting behind a home plate chart and everything. And then I, I went back and looked, I'm like, wow, we threw, we threw way more off speed for strikes um, today than we, than we have, than my teams have the last couple of years. Uh, so I, I think that's a really good sign, uh, you know, since we don't have any big time overpowering arms you know, we've got a pitch. We've got to be able to throw this, you know, first pitch, 2-0, 3-1, same thing with the changeup. Um, I, I think if we continue to do that, we'll have a chance to be really good um, because we'll play good defense. Uh, we've got a good mix of seniors, juniors, uh, and a couple sophomores. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll return a lot in 2023. But I, I think 2022 has got a – it's got a really good chance to be a good year for the Centennial Spartans. Well, fantastic. I coach, I, I really want to thank you for taking the time out of uh, on a, a night like tonight where you're, you know, just getting done with your practices and then you, you got to get right back to school tomorrow and start it all back up again. So thank you so much. And thank you for, for making, making the podcast better because I think people like you are, so critical to the success of any student that goes through high school and wants to be a part of a team sport. Having you as a leader is something that uh, I think will benefit them not only presently, but definitely in the future. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity and the platform to talk about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it takes a village to to raise these kids, and I'm just I'm just a small part of it. All right. Well, great coach, and thank you for uh, being on the Athlete One podcast. Thank you for having me. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, rate the show, and leave a review. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Athlete One Podcast. The Athlete One Podcast is powered by the Netting Professionals, improving programs one facility at a time. They continue to provide quality product and service to many recreational high school, college, and professional fields and facilities throughout the country. Contact them today, 844-620-2707, or visit them online at www.nettingpros.com, or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for their latest products and projects.